Welcome to Big Tent Radio on Radio Boise, KRBX 89.9 FM Caldwell, Boise. And we're here with our Halloween spooktacular event. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. Uh, I'm uh, Luke Fowler, one of your co-hosts today, here with my other co-host, Jackie Kettler, Jen Schneider. And we have Charlie Hunt on the board doing double duty, both running the boards and co-hosting today. Yes. He's a man yes. of many talents. I've, I, I really try to step up my game for the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> and so today we're going to talk about the scariest things that we know that are going on. And we're going to start with <laughs> politics, local and national. God, I'm already shaking. I'm so terrified of this conversation. Uh, so uh, I want to, I guess we're going to start with Jackie. There's a really exciting, I don't know, exciting, interesting development in the local mayoral race today. Right. Well, just a reminder, our, our, our listeners, we're just a few days out from the election. The um, We've got Boise mayoral elect race, uh, city council races, other cities, Meridian, uh, Eagle, you know, multiple cities cities have elections coming up early voting goes through tomorrow friday um and then the election on tuesday today the idaho statesman endorsed lauren mclean for boise mayor which um i think was quite interesting to read um their discussion about how she can bring some interesting change and focus and and kind of approach to the office and that maybe it's time for a turnover um i I think jen that you also read the editorial what was your kind of response to it well i think what's significant about it is that um voters have been perhaps struggling to see a lot of daylight between McLean and Beter politically. I mean, she's been on the city council for a long time. I think they probably share a lot of the same progressive politics, same approach to growth. Um, and what this editorial does, I think, is starts to differentiate some of the the differences we might see between these two candidates. And in particular, I think McLean has really set her platform around transparency and around engagement um, for decision making going forward, whether or not that ends up being you know true in practice we'll see but i think that th- this in from my perspective this editorial tried to lay out that daylight so I, i've got a question for the political scientists in the room do newspaper endorsements still mean that much because uh, again I, we kind of talked about this earlier but i mean i imagine a couple of decades ago when newspapers were the primary source of media they were really important but what does what do they mean in 2019 almost 2020 it's a great question, um, especially, you know, I think most voters are partisan. <laughs> they vote in a partisan manner. So when you're looking at partisan elections, editor, newspaper editorials, endorsements may not matter a huge amount. But at the local level in a nonpartisan race, I think there's room for more of an impact, especially if it helps identify kind of the seriousness or the strength of that candidate to uh, key decision makers. Yeah, and I think it's it also I think depends a little bit on the, you know, maybe local versus state versus national level. Um, you know, in presidential contests, you get uh, endorsements, you know, people look at oh endorsements from the New York Times and things like that. Um, you know, it's usually not too much of a too much of a surprise. But, you know, sometimes you get, uh, you know, regional newspapers uh, making different kinds of endorsements. And it can tell you a little bit, you know, depending on the amount of trust that citizens have in their local news sources, which tends to be higher than the amount of trust they have in, uh, you know, more national newspapers or cable news or things like that. So to the extent that that trust is still operating at the local level, you know, maybe some voters do put some stock in there, especially if for some of these lesser known candidates, you know, or lower level races, 
you know, maybe they don't know much about the candidates or much about these differences, especially in a nonpartisan election like for Boise Mayor. And, and as Charlie mentioned, there is some more trust in local um, media. I just there was a new study that just came out about that voters do trust local newspapers, local news much more than at the kind of national level. And it, I also think that there may be some voters still kind of figuring out who to vote for between Beter and McLean. And so that could be kind of an important signal, perhaps, on which direction they should go. I would say we can't underestimate the importance of that endorsement today for McLean's campaign. I think if you uh, believe that there is a gender tax and we have good research that shows that there is for female candidates in particular, this is a way in which a, a Boise institution, an Idaho institution, really threw its weight um, behind this candidacy and gave it quite a bit of legitimacy. So so people who have sort of like like the direction that Boise's going in and maybe don't want to see a huge change in leadership, I think they've but would like to see things mixed up. It makes her a safe a safe bet. Where do you where do you all think we stand in terms of, you know, it's it's been posited a lot as sort of a, a, a beater a McLean race. But what about what about some of the other candidates uh, in the mix? And, you know, especially in the kind of election that we have here, you know, how much how much how many votes they end up getting could end up mattering a whole lot, even if they don't end up in the top two. Uh, what's going on with some of these other candidates? Yeah, it's, it's a good question because, I mean, with the, these many candidates, a runoff election becomes more likely, right? Because it does get harder, even for an incumbent, to win a majority of the vote. And I think that there will, I think Lauren McLean will pick up kind of a healthy number of votes. I think Rebecca Arnold might as well, um, especially for those that some of her kind of points of view on growth, but also development and taxes and things kind of resonate with um, some of perhaps right-leaning voters. Um, additionally, Additionally, um, former Mayor Brent Coles has had some really good answers at forums. So for people who maybe don't know as much about the history there, there may be some connections made there. So I think all four of them can pick up some votes. Well, and I think as Jem was saying, you know, you have this sort of section of the vote who may be liking the way that Boise is going or, or, or liking the direction of the city and the kinds of interesting growth and mobility that we've had. We do know that there is a chunk of the electorate who is less happy about that, those developments. And, uh, you know, maybe they'll find their candidate among some of uh, some of these uh, these other candidates. I mean, I want to be clear that I think there is no way in which one of those third or fourth place candidates is is going to come out far ahead. I think Mm -hmm. for sure we're probably going to see a a runoff between Beter and McLean. That seems like a pretty likely outcome to me. But we are in a populist moment. And so I I think it's very likely that some of those third and fourth place candidates could just help split that vote. Mm -hmm. Well, I think uh, I think you're right, Jen. But I also think like how much one of those third or fourth place candidates wounds either uh, McLean or Beter because I mean it's a possibility that because of those third and fourth like it really shifts the election and, and creates some momentum heading into a, to a runoff that can can change some dynamics here and that might be an important element as well. Maybe Boise's still a pretty big blue dot though it's mm-hmm. hard to imagine people especially Brent Coles with his history um, getting a, a, a lot of votes but boy have I been wrong about elections recently so, <laughs> so I don't know we'll what you're talking see. about. <laughs> So uh, real quick, uh, the other thing that's on the ballot are the local initiatives. And I think we've got just a minute or two to t- talk about that. Jen, can you give us an update? 
Yeah, so there are a couple of uh, citizen initiatives on the ballot. Um, the The impetus behind them is that citizens really want more of a say in these big multi-million dollar projects, specifically the library and the stadium. And so these initiatives are put in place to give citizens, they're basically granting citizens the right to weigh in on projects over a certain dollar amount. The reason it's so hard to explain is because the initiatives themselves are really awkwardly worded. Um, I think they're pretty problematic myself in terms of their wording. I'm always pro more public participation, but I think we are growing so rapidly and our city council and our mayors already have so few tools at their disposal. I'm really not willing to limit the few tools they do have. Well, especially since we know voters tend to be very hesitant about approving new spending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I mean, I got to say, I just moved here a couple of months ago and I got my sort of voter information guide and has the things on the different propositions. I do this for a living. I'm a political scientist. I was very confused by the word. They're really so. confusing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I, I appreciate the sentiment behind it and the, the initiatives themselves made me pretty nervous. All right. So interesting things to be looking out for in the uh, upcoming local elections. Um, we have to take a quick break and then we'll be back to talk about national politics, which is even scarier. <laughs> Boo. This is Tad of Brothers of the Sonic Cloth. You are listening to KRBX 89.9 FM, Caldwell, Boise. This is Radio Boise, community radio for Boise and beyond. All right, we're back on Big Tent Radio on Radio Boise, um, talking national politics. Uh, so, unfortunately, like all the, we've had a lot of guests. Well, no, it's not unfortunate that we've had guests. We've had a lot of amazing <laughs> guests lately. Unfortunately, though, we haven't all been in the uh, studio together to discuss the, I mean, probably the biggest national story in the last decade, which is the impeachment hearings, right? I mean, this is no longer a set of rumors. This is full-fledged impeachment trial. Things are things are happening now. So, uh, what stories uh, stick out to this? Like, what do y'all, what do y'all think is the most interesting part of this uh, saga that seems to develop at the daily basis now well quite a few things going on i mean you know the main dynamic we've seen playing out in the last week or two i mean there have been so many things (laughs) but just one of one of these threads is that uh you know there was this resolution in the senate on the part of the senate republicans essentially complaining about the process in the house uh that you know sort of making accusations that the democrats were sort of having these sort of closed door kind of backroom uh impeachment hearings uh and there's you know some debate over whether those are legitimate claims or not but in any case there was a lot there was some pressure to actually have a resolution in the house officially opening the impeachment uh inquiry you know, Republicans hoping hoping to make some Democrats take some tough votes on that. And they did take a vote on it uh, just this morning. And so we are now, you know, we were all, the train was already well out of the station, but we have officially written it down in the logbook now. There is an impeachment investigation in the House, an official impeachment inquiry. Uh, it will begin with a lot of these, uh, you know, uh, you know, private depositions, closed door depositions. But you know, one thing that's important to remember is that all of these witnesses are going to end up testifying in public in these public hearings. Uh, this is going to happen. And frankly, I'm not totally sure why the Republicans want it to be public hearings. So far, the kind of things that are coming out in these hearings are not so great for the president. And so, you know, 
we'll see we'll see if they change their tune later on i mean my read is they're kind of playing chicken here the republicans and the democrats and honestly the democrats keep calling their bluff and so i think the republicans made this big deal and they're like oh they're not going to do anything and they did it and they're like well what do we do now yeah so i mean i I think this is just going to continue to get worse and i i think the congressional republicans need to quit daring pelosi and the democrats to do things and just kind of let this play out and hopefully simmer out for them well, I mean, there's a there's been a lot of interesting kind of writings in the last year or so about why Speaker Pelosi is such an, a strong, successful speaker. And one thing that was talked about was that she, her philosophy is she will not take a vote until she knows she has all the votes. And so that could be one reason that they waited for a while just to ensure that it could be successful. But yeah, I mean, I think... She seems to usually have a fairly decent idea of what the strategy is going to be. So I agree. Like there is some interest. It's interesting to watch those dynamics play out. Yeah. Well, and I'm just going to say, I think that they had to make sure that there was something there there as well. Right. And so they had to get some of this evidence, get some of this testimony. She doesn't want her more moderate candidates who are in some of these tough districts mm-hmm. to go on the record in support of impeachment unless they're really sure there is evidence there to support it. Yeah. I mean, there have been there have been members of Congress calling for impeachment since the day President Trump took the oath of office. And, um, you know, certainly there those those cries for impeachment have certainly increased as the administration has gone on when we had the Mueller report and Charlottesville and, and, and all of these things that have sort of tended to cause more uproar and outrage about the president. But, you know, th- this morning, the the vote was almost completely a party line vote, only two Democrats, uh, defected and so there and these were two democrats in districts uh that trump won by 20 or 30 points and so these these aren't necessarily unexpected i'm sure pelosi was hoping for uh all the democrats to to vote yes uh justin amash the who was a republican but has now uh Reaffiliated as an independent, he also voted in favor of the impeachment inquiry. So, but that doesn't count as bipartisan support, according to the Republican leadership, right? No, according to the Republican leadership, uh, it, it does not. But uh, uh, Democrats have certainly been holding up Amash as someone who, uh, you know, ha- who who they're saying you know has stuck to his principles as a conservative and things like that. But uh, there's there's definitely not much hope that this, you know, on the substance we'll see, but. On the politics, uh, you know, this is this is going to be a pretty partisan affair, so it's going to be spooky. So buckle in. So, what is uh, the moment in all of the saga that has been the most like I cannot believe that just happened to y'all? <gasps> Rudy, Rudy been... Giuliani butt dialing jerk. Oh my god, that was good. Um, that one was really good. I, I mean, it's the spookiest you know, thing I can imagine. It just it just seems like he makes things worse every time he goes to the news. Every time he does something, like he might be the biggest opponent to President Trump because he's he's making things worse. What about you, Jackie? Oh, yeah. I yeah, the Giuliani just continues to be just I can't expect what's going to happen next there. I think as well as just kind of like weird things happening, uh Don Jr. going on to talk about, well, if I was Hunter Biden, I'd be like making all this money off of my just like, oh yeah. a little self awareness <laughs> could go could go a long way. That's yeah. not really related to the impeachment stuff, but another one of those just like I don't like I d I don't know what's happening. So for me it was when Mick Mulvaney was essentially like in the press conference, like, Oh yeah, we totally did that. Um and then they were like, What'd you just say? And he was like, No, no, no I didn't mean that and just try to back it up. 
up. But, I mean, he completely admitted to all of it in front of the press and did not seem to understand what he was doing. And so that was a that was a shocking moment for me. I was like, did he really just say that? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the, the thing I've been following the most sort of throughout this process is sort of the the shifting in sort of what the explanation is and what what they're willing to admit and so at first it was you know they're you know the call was totally fine and then they have they give us the transcript and it was not totally fine and then there's oh there's no explicit quid pro quo and then it's like oh there's so it feels like we're sort of inevitably moving towards a point where it's just going to be whether you think it's okay to solicit foreign influence in an election or not. And I, I feel like we're going to arrive at that point where that's, I mean, if we're not already already there, that, you know, defenders of the president will have to make that argument. Uh, otherwise, otherwise, there's no real ground to stand on. And maybe that's where the voters will go to. I mean, who knows? But isn't that where we get to with everything for him? He starts out with a denial and then we eventually end up where he's like, well, I did it, but it's not a big deal. And then everybody comes out and goes, well, this isn't why it's a big deal. And then we just end up split along partisan lines. Yeah. I mean, it does. It does certainly seem that way. And but I mean, there there is still sort of this you know he's up for re-election next year like in almost exactly a year from today will be the presidential election which uh i choose not to even think about but uh you know there are there are voters in some of these swing states that who maybe voted for him last time but may not this time and so we'll see yeah i think it's a great question can I also just call our attention to maybe the most mind-blowing thing other than the butt dial, which was what is being called on Twitter Pizza Gates, <laughs> Pizza Gates. <laughs> which is where a group of Republicans yeah. sort of stormed into the committee hearing rooms. And what's interesting to me is like for years, it would have been so easy to just live your life and not understand how congressional committees work. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, maybe one bright spot in all of this is that we are continually getting like civics lessons about how committees work, how the fact that there are always Republicans and Democrats on committees, how they have access to those. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's um, perhaps that's one good piece that's emerging out of all of this chaos. A nice learning process for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It really has been a long time since we've chatted that we've not even talked about the crashing of like. Right on. All right. So another spooky story from national politics. And I'm uh, unfortunately, I believe that story is just going to get scarier and scarier as the week goes on. Yeah, yeah, as we get closer to the election, get ready. Buckle up. Yay, another year of this. Thumbs up, guys. <laughs> All right. So we'll be back in just a, mo- a moment and we'll uh, talk about Halloween and we'll finish out our spooktacular episode. Ooh. Howdy who? This is Little Big Yoni Wolf from Y. You're listening to Radio Boise, KRBX 89.9 FM on your dial, Caldwell Boise. Dig it? All right, we're back on Radio... Wait, Big Tent Radio. God, we changed the branding. I, can't I mean, we are, we are on Radio Boise. Though. Yes, we're on Radio we're right Boise, and this is Big Tent Radio, and I can't speak today. So it's great that I'm hosting a radio show. It's definitely in my skill set. Uh, so back with our spooktacular uh, extravaganza, right, for Halloween. Mm. So guys, what's your favorite part of Halloween? It's got to be the candy, right? Yeah, I mean, this yeah. is uh, I, to to me, this is a no brainer. I mean, Jackie uh, brought candy for her students today and uh, took the remainders here to uh, uh, Radio Boise HQ, and I think I've had three or five uh, mini <laughs> Snickers bars 
So was that pretty good? My is question, Snickers your choice? Your candy of choice? Yeah, Snick, Snickers. Snickers is going to be my number one, followed closely by sort of anything sort of Reese's no. peanut mm-hmm. butter chocolate mm-hmm. related. Mm-hmm. Do you have enough willpower to make it through Halloween or around all this candy, or no. do, you, do you just break down? The, the the trick is to buy lots of it. So you like can't go through all of it before. Halloween. So in mm. my house, and my wife would be mad if she. No, good thing that she's not listening to the show right now. But I have to hide <laughs> the candy from her because she will totally buy it and then eat the entire bag, and then we have to go back out on There's Halloween. There's nothing wrong with that, Luke. So it was funny for uh, our wedding. She brought some candy, and she was like, "You can't eat any of this." And then I went to move it, and it was open, and she'd eaten a bunch of it. She just <laughs> looked at me like she, I just caught her completely red-handed. She's like, oh, "I'm sorry, it was just." I it left was you alone for one minute. Yeah, <laughs> so I have to hide candy from her. There's a war in my house because i am like firmly in charlie's camp like i'm all about the chocolate mm-hmm. my family is like very much jolly rancher type people yeah. you know oh. like as kind of you know i'm like sugary candy. Yeah. oh it's There's so some, sad i like swedish fish but uh no jolly ranchers yeah. I'll yeah. do a sour gummy now and then. Sure, mm-hmm. but well, like I mean, I'm I'm impressed. With Charlie, like the for me Reese's is like oh, yeah. especially yeah. the Reese's Top pumpkins the like are mm-hmm. the best of the Reese's. Oh, so. I do oh, like so good. good Bar in my old age. I'm coming on to I the like good, good Bar too. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. for sure. What is what are y'all stances on candy corn? Because I think this is the most divisive of all the Halloween candy. Strongly anti. Strongly anti. I actually like it, but I prefer chocolate. So. I feel the same way about it that I do about champagne, which is like I like the idea of it. I like the first <laughs> taste. And then within 10 minutes, I'm like curled in a corner with a terrible head. Can I quote you on that from now on? Sure. So Conceptually, I, candy corn is a good idea. I saw this thing on the internet the other day that made my stomach turn. It was like chocolate chip cookies, but instead of chocolate chips, it was candy corn. And I was like, no, I'm that looks that. horrible. Oh, that oh. sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I quite enjoy it. But okay. Well, so longtime listeners of the show, you asked what we like best about Halloween. And um, our, our big fans who've been listening to Big Time Radio for a long time might remember that uh, I've that gone Jen's on the record yeah, as saying that there are two things about American culture I hate. One, Mamma Mia, and two, <laughs> Halloween. So, um, so you're going to watch Mamma Mia tonight? Yeah, I'm going, yeah, while drinking champagne <laughs> yeah, and dr- eating candy corn. Yeah, yeah, she's dressing up as all the characters and they're going to. Yeah. Sounds like a great plan. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Yeah, Halloween's never been sort of my A plus go to holiday, especially because my two favorite holidays are right on the horizon. You know, Thanksgiving and Christmas are right on the horizon and it's hard to sort of contain all, contain all the excitement. Uh, but, you know some some good costumes though any good any good sort of costumes from our past that we care to embarrass ourselves by talking about well i think charlie posted um some of our own costumes from when we were kids and i remember the as a child being very excited to be a unicorn one year i think i was in like kindergarten or first mm-hmm. grade and so my grandmother made me a costume where i was like this red unicorn and i was very excited red unicorn yeah, it's like red yeah. <laughs> material your little girl be the unicorn <laughs> from hell demon yeah. unicorn i mean that's spooky that's that scary is spooky i like yeah. it appropriate Good job graham yeah i went i i always went with train conductor i wanted to be a train conductor basically every year uh so you t- were a train conductor multiple years i believe i was i definitely remember wearing that outfit more than a couple of times and uh, last year <laughs> well obviously i mean needless to say i've continued it into my 30s uh yeah yeah uh my favorite halloween costume was actually from a few years ago where i had 
was at my local thrift store and there were a bunch of there's a huge box of doll parts for sale which for some reason that I found horrifying just doll parts they weren't no yeah just assembled. parts it was clearly like somebody was like I'm gonna make dolls and then they ran out of steam <laughs> but I was like mother load and so I grabbed this box and I take it home and I got, bought an extra large t-shirt and I sewed a bunch of hands and heads like emerging from the t-shirt and oh went God. as Octo Mom oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's good Stuff. Oh my god! That, that was a no great offense payoff. to moms of multiple. Why didn't you share great. a picture of that? I don't know if one exists. I feel oh, no. so sad, but it, we may not it's have captured that. I know it was real. It was real. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I just try to make it through Halloween without being accused of cultural appropriation or something else distasteful. It's a good yeah. goal. Yeah, I so, think that's right. Although, can we just be clear? It's not that hard to avoid. Right. <laughs> like, there are so many things you can be that are not like offensive. a red unicorn. Yeah, yeah just uh, try not to be too clever, right? Just try not to be topical. And just go with yeah. something with a train conductor. Boom. Uh, I was dropping train. the kids off at school this morning, and there was a kid in a banana, and I'm like, "That's evergreen." Yeah. The banana costume you can that goes forever. That's great. Everyone loves bananas. I endorse Does that. everyone love bananas? No. 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 I like bananas. I love bananas. No. Uh, again, I okay. like them in theory. We've got some, some split camps here. Yeah. Wow. It really has to be just right. Like, if it's too ripe, and I don't like banana-flavored things. Oh, God. Yeah, that, I have to agree with that. All yeah. right, I won't put I won't put bananas in the <laughs> trick or treat bags tonight. Uh, yeah, I, that, that would, would disappoint be some children. On a yeah, number you of levels. put bananas in toothpaste. I'm sure the kids will uh-huh. love you. Some mm-hmm. nice, some nice those flossers. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Any good Halloween tips for our listeners before we uh, wrap up the show for our spooktacular? Where does trick or treating happen? I'm I'm new to the area. Where does where's where does the trick or treating happen for the kids? Well, Costco. They, they shut Costco. <laughs> well, they okay. shut down Harris. <laughs> like you can't drive on Harrison Boulevard. That's where okay. many people go, and it's it's a huge crowd. A lot of people. People really dress up their themselves, their houses. It's a pretty impressive scene, actually. I'm gonna put a plug in for the bench um, up around like the Casha area. There's a lot of great old homes there do an amazing job of decorating. You don't have the same sort of crushing crowds that you have on yeah, Harrison. there's a lot of people on Harrison. A lot of fun stuff happening up there on the bench. Yeah, I would say if you're good at Harrison, like, go for the people watching less than the actual trick-or-treating, and that's, uh, that's well, one of the fun things. Well, three of us here don't have children, that's so... Right. Yeah, well, let's uh, reframe that. If you uh, go for the people watching, make sure you are, go with friends with kids so you're not labeled Just as that guy. guy sitting there. Yeah. yeah. Don't do that. That's, don't, that's don't a good Halloween tip. Yeah. Just sit there. <laughs> yeah, you're new, you're new to town, Charlie. Don't go ahead and ruin your reputation. Okay. I've um, been doing that for years, and now it's good to know that it's Are acceptable. you all dressing up for your Halloween parties, though? Do you have plans? So we're Boise State basketball team has an exhibition game this evening. Oh, you're dressing so, up as a fan. Uh, sure, yes. But, so like we're it. we're do, going there this evening. Oh, awesome! Go Broncos. Well, mm. that remains to be seen. I say I'm not. My wife says I am. We'll see who oh, wins. Oh, she has plans so. for you. <laughs> yes, sounds like you are. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can guess who wins. <laughs> yeah, no, none for none for me this year. How about you, Jen? Are you and your family doing anything? Oh yeah, we do every year. So my daughter, they always have two costumes. My older daughter went; they went as the Scooby Doo crew. What do you call it? The mystery team or something? I, oh, that was my turn. That was excellent. That really put it in context. <laughs> and then my younger daughter homemade a Loki costume. She's a big oh, Marvel wow. fan. She looks amazing. Oh, that's awesome. And my husband, I showed you a picture. I'll put it on our, our social media. He has Freddie Mercury, like 
um, later career Freddie Mercury. It's fantastic. And then I am going to be a unicorn from hell oh. <laughs> using Jackie's idea. I think it's really good. I'm going to reprise it. Wow. I, I approve. Okay. Wow, exciting stuff. Uh, unfortunately, we have to wrap up so we can go home and eat a lot of candy and get uh, dressed up. Everybody, right. enjoy your Halloween, and I hope you enjoyed our spooktacular event this week.